You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel. Thanks for joining us. On this episode, guest host Ted Viskuski sits down with Carl Garcia, Greg Poor, and Richard Sarpong to discuss their recent trip to Africa, where they got to reconnect with some of our partners in the region who they haven't seen since before the pandemic. They talked about what they learned and how they were able to serve God's mission across the world. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming and sitting here. Hopefully this can be a, a relaxed time to reminisce on some of the stuff uh, that you guys were able to be a part of. So, but before we get going, Carl, can you just recap for us a little bit about the, the why behind the why? Why would we go uh, on a trip to Africa and maybe speak to the, you know, the, the leaders on different continents, some of the, the vision of uh, the global missions, the global efforts that Clear Creek has? Yeah, great. Well, uh, Ted, one of the things that that we've repeatedly said is number one, we want to do uh, global missions that result in church planting. And so what we've, what we've endeavored to do is uh, partner with apostolic or kind of entrepreneurial uh, wiring of, of leaders in these different countries. So it's not Clear Creek's coming over here. Hey, we're going to tell you how you need to do mm-hmm. church in Africa. We're going to tell you how you need to do church in Cuba and you know, all over the yeah. globe. But really, who are the guys... Uh, and gals that are getting the work done there. How do we come alongside them and partner with them to help continue to do this? And so we uh, have been partnering with a a group in Brazil, and uh, that's been going on for about the last five years. And they had told us, hey, there is a a Portuguese-speaking country in the southeast of Africa if you guys have any interest in exploring that with us. And so I uh, took a trip over there just before the pandemic began and saw a great opportunity for uh, gospel work to come alongside with the people there. And it was super exciting. Obviously, COVID hit. And then it was our hope we would get back out there and see kind of what was what was the status of things once all this had happened. And just super exciting to see uh, a lot of the people that I'd had the opportunity to meet there before, the work was still continuing. They found a way to keep going, even to uh, prosper during that time. And when I say prosper, I mean continue the efforts that they had started. So super exciting. Yeah. So uh, Greg and Richard uh, Sarpong, uh, how, how did it come to be that the three of you guys were the gentlemen that, mm. that, that went on this trip? What did that look like? Yeah, they got the short stick. They drew the short <laughs> sticks. I had asked like 75 people, and these were the only two that said yes. Yeah. Well, well, one of the things that Richard had always told us, you know, Richard is uh, from the west of Africa, from Ghana, and Richard had always said, Carl, if, man, if Clear Creek does anything in Africa, I want to be a part of that. And so he and I have been having conversations for really for several years now on what that would look like. And really, I, I thought that it would be a good trip for Greg as well, just the way he's wired. And so oftentimes when you know we're on the front end of this, I'm praying through and thinking through who are the people that should be a part of this. And God in His grace brought these two guys uh, to go and be a part of it. Super, super helpful. Yeah. So I'm curious, like when, when he asked you, you know, hey, do you want to head on this trip? What were some of your initial thoughts, reactions? Were you, were you excited? Were you nervous? What, what was going on? I think it's a good question. For me, it's probably, I'd say, all of the above, right? And so um, a little bit of a back end of this is that you guys know we just went through COVID, and we had a difficult COVID for our family. And so 
Um, there was some there was some anxiety there going there. I mean, you know, meaning that I'll have to travel to a place where maybe the the healthcare there was not you know, to, to wear the comforts that we have here. But the excitement, though, was for me was that I had always been one to, to go back to Africa mm. um, to show what my faith had, you know, what had happened to me since I came here and what my faith had grown to become. And so when Carl had asked, uh, it, was, it was exciting. It was an opportunity that, you know, I've been praying about, recently just been to his house and sat with some um, missionaries that were coming from Africa. So it was like, wow, what an opportunity. And so, yeah, ever since we started talking about it for years back, the chance, you know, coming up was just just huge. So, yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Greg? Any was it any reservations, excitement? Or I know you're a pretty like you know even keel kind of guy. It's <laughs> like you're not I'm getting really too like, crazy. But no, I. Uh, it's funny because I think differently maybe than some people. But every time an opportunity comes to go somewhere, I always find myself, God, how can I serve if I go? How, what am I going to do that's going to contribute to this? I don't want to be a tourist. I don't want to just show up because I'm a pastor. You know, I just yeah. don't want to do that. Um, and so, I don't know, for some reason, God was like, this is, you should do this. Um, and I, I just felt like, okay, let's do it. And, I, you know, the other thing about it is really I just trust Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wasn't, I mean, I have no reservations about going there or doing anything like that. I really just like, Lord, I, I just want to be useful if I go. Yeah. And so, uh, I and the other side of that is I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body, <laughs> uh, and I've come to realize that if you're going to be a part of some of this stuff, mm-hmm. you really do have to you have to venture into things, and you don't have clarity about exactly what's going to happen and what's going to. And so, if you're ever going to do it, you kind of just had to walk into it and and let it happen. And so, uh, I guess I figured that out. So I was excited to go. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We said, I don't remember where I heard this, but, you know, mission is spelled F-L-E-X-I-B-L-E. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, every trip I've ever been, which hasn't been that many, but it really is like you're saying, it's like, yeah. everything's not really worked out. You're kind of just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's changes. Sometimes yeah. things, the plan yeah. changes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, because I really have no idea what, what you guys... What was some of the itinerary? What did that look like? When did you guys get there? How long were you there for? What did you see? What do you do? You want to hear a little bit of the stories of what that was like, what stood out, what do you guys remember? So, yeah. Well, the first thing was, sorry, is we were late when we got there because we got stuck in the airport for a while. So the first <laughs> meeting started way later than it was supposed yeah. to, and on the way out, we got lost. So the, the uh, church was waiting for us to uh, get there and get out of there. And so uh, all the flexibility, all the stuff. What did know, it take to get point. there? Like, how did you guys go? It was... Uh, Houston to Atlanta, Atlanta to Johannesburg, Johannesburg to Barra, Mozambique. Wow. So it's okay. about 48 hours of not yeah. sleeping. And then was your first meeting in Barra, Mozambique, yes. or did then yes. did you have to... And what's what's the makeup of Barra? Is that like, I mean, what... It's a, it's a uh, big, dingy city, uh, depending on who you ask, yeah. three to 500,000 people. Okay, so that's pretty uh, big. Kind of the defining thing, if you will, is... Three or four years ago, that a big hurricane blow through, mm. did all kinds of destruction to that whole region, mm-hmm. and they obviously don't have the resources to put much back together. So it's a pretty dingy, rough-looking town, uh, and so you you walk into that. People everywhere, you know, cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating, but it's uh, it's a little overwhelming. And what was the the, the church makeup there? Who who was that? What did that look like? 
Well, we visited a number of different churches, and let me let me backpedal okay. and answer your first question. The trip was somewhere around eight days. Okay. And so, and the itinerary really looked like, let's get here, let's go back to some of the works that we had seen before when I had been there two and a half years ago. Let's see what's going on there. Let's meet with those guys. Let's see how we can come alongside them. Uh, who's still standing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's still up and running? And that was just super exciting. It was a joy for me to see some of these guys again and just to see uh, how they'd been just steadfast and they'd endured. And so it was very, very encouraging. And it, another framework I would paint for you also is uh, that Mozambique is uh, the sixth poorest country in the entire world. So some 195 countries on the globe. And a lot of times when they look at that, they look at a human development index uh, that looks at education, income, life expectancy. Mm -hmm. And so all of those are the things that form and mold this country to be what it is. And so that kind of paints a picture of when we talk about a third world country, what we went into with that. As Greg said, it's, you know, Three to 500,000 people that are there, and so it looks different. And so when we would go to churches, I mean, you'd see, we'd, we'd go and see churches that were uh, basically out in the middle of nowhere yep. with a canvas top that was ripped. Yep. We'd go to other churches that would have uh, tin roofs that were being held down by big rocks. Mm-hmm. Go to other churches that have no windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, the, the church is the people. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Talk right. about that all the time, church yeah, in the right. building. So you, you want to be moved? Go go and worship with those people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go and worship with them and then see what happens yeah. inside of you. So, I mean, Greg, you're giggling. Share with them a little bit about that, please. Well, I mean, there's so, there's so, it's so wrong. Really, there's so much to it because, so first of all, if you leave town, so the first day uh, we kind of went out to visit some of these places. So the first church we stop at is basically just off the side of the highway, right. the only highway in that <laughs> direction, but everything else dirt road. Uh, and you pull up and stop, and they're, they're singing, and they come out singing to greet you. And, I mean, it's beautiful. It's all, you know. No instruments. Yeah. No, they don't need instruments. They, they, they We use yeah. their feet. And they use their feet. They, voices, but they just, so, of course, you know, I have no idea what they're singing about. But uh, they're praising God and thanking Him for that we came to see them. And so music's beautiful. Throughout a service, uh, they, they kind of uh, just, they just respond to the various movements in the service with singing. And uh, I don't know how they know when to start and stop, but they do. And they uh, sing. And so it's just, a, it's just a super engaging environment. And they are, uh, it's just humbling because they're, they're grateful that you're there. They want to hear from you, um, and so like I say, you feel you feel you feel very special, and and yet you're thinking, no, you're special. Yeah, <laughs> you, know. you know, you you don't get it. I don't, yeah. You're you're the special ones yeah. here, yeah. and so it's uh, you know it's humbling. What's the spiritual makeup of uh, the places you were visiting? Is it it's a great or question. what are they what are they uh, fighting against, or what are some of the obstacles to people coming to faith? Yeah. Richard, well, go I would ahead, say, please. yeah, one of the biggest things in Africa that uh, I think, I don't know if it's the poverty or, you know, what are the shortcomings are, there's a big um, space for the prosperity gospel. Mm. And so one of the things that they struggle a lot in Africa and even going there in that opportunity was to see how that was really been an effect 
of you know the makeup of the spiritual uh, messages that were coming there. And so, yeah, that was a big deal, right? Like, how is a good God letting all these things happen? I mean, talk about the hurricane and all these stuff. And but how do we bring the gospel into that context? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was that was one of the things that I mean, when we sat down with some of the pastors, they're like, "This is something that we need to address, right? How can we address you know a good God? How can we address hope in a way where it would it would." paint the, the gospel um, in a light that we're supposed to see. Yeah. And so that was definitely one of the things. I know this, and I, um, in, 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 in Africa in general, there's also this context of a lot of spiritualism and you know different um, superstitions and stuff like that. And so how do you navigate around all of that? And so there was, I know that some of the, the attention that we, were, we got when we got what we got on ground was to, to address some of those things. Yeah. And so, what, what what was that like? Is that when you guys had you guys had some opportunities to speak? Did you speak to that, or what? What, what were some of the things you did? Uh, yeah, one of the things uh, that they did is they arranged a couple of conferences, mm-hmm. and so and. You know, let, let me frame what a conference looks like <laughs> in a third world context. Okay? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the conferences had a, a chicken running through there as someone was trying to speak, and then one of the pastors got the chicken, and we didn't hear from the chicken again. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think the chicken was dinner that yeah, night. Yeah. So it's it's that's a that's yeah. so paint a picture of what this looks like. You know, not these great sound systems, and right. we have a big band back there, but it, it's pastors that would come from very rural areas mm-hmm. uh, to hear, you know, uh, perhaps what the, the, these pastors from the West had to, had to share with us. And it was really good because uh, the guys that we were with there who have experience in Mozambique, uh, they are Portuguese-speaking Brazilians. Just, I mean, these guys are, I can't say enough about them, the yeah. way that they Amazing love people. and serve and discern um, and so they had worked with the pastors there to, to put this agenda together on ways we could talk that would be meaningful. Again, not that we're in there saying, all right, here's what you're going to do and right. here's what you're going to do. But, I mean, you know, things like Richard speaking to, you know, what what does prosperity in the gospel really look like? Yeah. Not the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. What does prospering in the gospel of Jesus Christ look like? So there were some super meaningful times that you know that we had mm-hmm. uh, with with those pastors. So really different for all of us, right? Different for all of us to be in that context, but certainly a gift for us to be able to participate. Yeah, one of the things that uh, kind of characterizes those gatherings is there have been many missionaries over there over mm-hmm. the years, and so kind of a multiplicity of denominational influences mm-hmm. on the people gathered there. Though a lot of it. There's not a lot of theology that's trickled down that far. I mean, there's a lot of these pastors that lead churches that don't have Bibles, you know, or they're very, they're very, uh, I don't know, both uh, vulnerable to influence, uh, mm-hmm. but also uh, available to healthy influence. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the overwhelming things for me was like, this is, this is a huge opportunity here yeah. to impact a generation by helping lead these leaders in just what the gospel is and the implications of the real gospel. Right. And they're, they're ready to hear it, you know. And so, uh, man, you, you get in the middle of those guys, and they want, they want you to be there. They're eager. They're asking questions. They right. want a dialogue. They want to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and how they lead their church. And so um, it is prime time. And so uh, I mean, that's one of the things I left there thinking, Lord, we, this yeah. is— yeah, this is go time. 
Yeah. yeah. So what, what's the makeup organization? Like, how are those pastors connected? Like, I know in, you know, other countries, we, you know, organizations like Acts 29 we're partnering with, and so they're Acts 29 pastors, or it's, so like, how are they connected? Or what's, what's some of the channels with which they're collaborating and interacting? Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of those guys are just strictly congregationally connected. Okay. So our hope uh, is to find the catalyst to find uh, the apostolic leader, like I talked about, to who can be the guy to gather. And so, again, the uh, guys we're working with uh, from Brazil, Portuguese speakers that are in there, uh, already have a, a game plan that's been proven effective in different contexts. And so we're on the, the forefront of how do we bring pastors together? How do we, yeah. how do we bring them together uh, in a way that we can start to share the true gospel, bring unity for the sake of planning churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is that fair? You guys think yeah. that's fair? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And is, is the, the, I know you may, you may have said this, the, the Brazilian Portuguese speaking people that are over there, are they missionaries that are, that uh, left Brazil and are there? Is this an organization that's part time? What? How's yeah. that? Greg, why don't you speak to that? Greg's uh, continued a uh, conversation and relationship with a couple of missionaries there, so please go ahead. Well, there are a lot of uh, a lot of missionaries there who are Brazilian because of the language connection, which, again, is something I appreciated. You don't think about the Lord's using yep. people from other countries to go to other countries, you know, and you show up and it's like, there are some amazing people yeah. that have sacrificed their lives to be on the mission field for Jesus in places where you you can't imagine, and so uh, a lot of those guys on the ground. The the guy we the first day we traveled to visit all those churches, mm-hmm. Carl talked about. There's one guy Leadson who's been there for I don't know how many years, but he's planted multiple churches, mm-hmm. got a school going. We went to visit a bunch of that stuff. But this guy is just he's a beast, yeah. and uh, he's done amazing things. And so he's a mover. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that gets stuff done. And so uh, just got to meet him. There's a couple up in a mm, Thursday, maybe, or yeah. Friday. One day yeah. we drove up to a town called Chamoyos, about 100 miles inland. Met a couple up there, uh, Michelle and Monera uh, from Brazil. Went out there outside of that little town, planted a church, raising up leaders in that church, um, just serving a a population there again where you know mm-hmm. people live in mud cinder block thatched shacks and stuff and uh you know they don't have running water they don't have sewers they don't have yeah. electricity most of them they don't have windows and doors you know yeah. it's just that kind of environment um but these people are there uh they'd been there for a year or so with their son found out that their son Benjamin is autistic and uh, processed all that, and they're like, "No, this is where God brought us. <laughs> this is where we're going to be." And so they figured out how to address that and try to help Benjamin and still be where God planted them. And they're they're the sweetest people you ever met. And yeah, I've been talking to them all the time because, like, oh, I, I, uh, yeah, I just want to know you. Yeah. So. Amazing folks. How about for you getting to see and interact with meeting some of these pastors? Any stories stand out? Or I think for me, so one one other interesting thing is that 
even though I grew up in Ghana, I had never been outside of Ghana Mm. into the continent of Africa. So this is the first time I was in Africa and not in Ghana or any other, you know, parts of Africa. So for me, it was, it was a, it was a different experience, very similar to some of the backgrounds that I grew up in. I think Carl was even talking about it from the beginning when he says the poverty that was there. When I got to Mozambique, my first expectation was that it would look like Ghana growing up. But I was talking with my, my mom on the phone whilst we were in Mozambique, and I said, this was like when we went to the village when I was young. And that's how far back they were. But some of these pastors, their passion for Christ and their passion, like Greg, Greg had mentioned earlier, just to know more. We would finish, you know, preaching a message, and they, they're like, please, let us hear more. To me, that, that willingness to learn the willingness to know more was, was just something that blew my mind. And, you know, I think one of the things that also struck me was I, t- I, th- I thought about how easily I take it for granted that I can just turn on a podcast and listen to, you know, some great speaker. I can just, you know, yeah. go to some kind of resource and have all these availability. But these pastors, they didn't have that. And the fact that they would travel miles to come hear us, um, that to me struck me when I will, you know, communicate with them. Now it was hard to talk with them because... I too don't speak Portuguese or don't have any of the, you know, natural tongues that they did have. But it was just impressive just to see the, uh, the, uh, the uh, just humility. Um, show like you know you were saying that we could learn so much from them, but them in their posture to say, hey, look, tell us, tell us what we we need to hear and how we need to impact our people. That was that was huge. Yeah. Do you guys have any fun while you're there? What were some of the fun things you got to see? Do the food, the the culture, what? Any good stories? It was not fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying. You know, it's always fun. You know, we were in the car in this van with, you know, a number of guys for some days we'd travel seven hours going back into different villages. And so, you know, that's always fun. You're, you know, this big van's going through three feet of water in some places. You're like, this is not going to end well. This will not end well. Those are memories that bond you together yeah. for life. Being in the back of a van, looking back there and watching it, throw Greg up in the air and hit his head <laughs> on the ceiling, you know. That was good for me. That was, yeah. that was funny. Yeah. That, was, that was a funny moment. I know Carl has this video. I don't know when you're going to show this video. But so on the last day, we're getting ready to, to preach and leave. I'm actually the one preaching the message. And there's this kid in the back of the shot, and Carl's filming this kid. <laughs> and you should see his antics. It's one of those ones that maybe you won't be able to describe it. But this guy is sleeping. He's cutting up. And then later, his mom snatches him. But it was probably one of the funniest moments. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the same time, check this out. I'm allergic to bees. Right in the beginning of my message, this big old bee flies out. It's just kind of hovering around us. And we have this lady uh, in the congregation who's getting up. During my message, trying to swat at the bee. <laughs> So only because Richard is running from the bee. So here comes this yeah. African lady swat this bee out of there. And Richard, you know, he's moving, man. He's gonna make sure that thing doesn't get him. So that was that was a good moment that we had we had some good hours on the way back, just laughing about, cutting up about in the airport. I bet those people are gonna remember that. Remember that American? Yeah, yeah that wimpy well, American guy yeah. afraid of a bee. Wake those guys up, yeah. man. Oh. See, it was all fun. And yes. it's fun, and like hanging out with these guys and uh, with Igor oh, yeah. and Miguel, the other guy from Jay. Brazil was with us, and Jay Bauman. It's just, awesome. they're amazing guys. Yes. And it was just, they're just fun, easy to hang with. We mm-hmm. laughed a lot. We um, prayed a lot. We mm-hmm. talked a lot. We saw a lot. You know, you, you can't, you can't not enjoy it, even though it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's not, you're not sightseeing. You're not, you know, yeah. there's no yeah. touristy thing to do, but it's just super fun to be there. 
Yeah. So looking forward, like as we, you know, see a, a future of our uh, interactions uh, with um, the, the, the church in, in Mozambique, what, what, what are we hoping for? What do we see? What might somebody experience if there's a trip in the future? What are mm-hmm. some of those things? Is, it, uh, is there a need for more leadership development? Is there mercy ministry? I mean, what, what does some of that potentially look like moving forward? Yeah, one of the things that we're looking to set up, Ted, uh, is uh, an organization called Restore Mozambique where there's three uh, components. One would be mercy ministry, one would be pastoral training, and the other would be church planting. And so in that, I think we're going to have a, a wide variety of ways that people at different levels spiritually could go in and serve and be a part of that. Now, hear me say this, we're on the front end yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. And so we're working right now to get a cohort of pastors together. There's some existing mercy ministry going on there. I'd be really good to visit about that as well here in just a moment, but, uh, and also all of that spurs church planning. Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. None of it sits outside of that. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you know, we say all the time, Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. We believe the local church is a redemptive agent that God will use right. yeah. in those communities for people to come to know him. Yeah. So that's what we're focused on. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about those mercy ministries you guys got to see. Yeah. Just, or... you know, there's, uh, and I'll, I'll just start with one that, uh, just very moving to me because I'd been there two and a half, three years ago, and seen these uh, people that Greg mentioned earlier that have a a place, they've planted churches out of this, but they bring uh, weekly some 500 children together that will walk from different villages just to get one meal. Uh, They have a school that they've been able to start out of that. And from when I was there two and a half years ago to be in there now, I'm asking them, what, what differences are you seeing? How do you see God moving in this? And to hear an answer that says, uh, one of the great wins that we've seen out of this is uh, we see that girls of ages 10 and 12 are not uh, becoming impregnated any longer. They're starting to understand their identity and who they are as a child of God, how they can say no to these horrible advances and being sold into sex slavery. And so there are these things that are going on that are beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And, and to be able to see that firsthand and then to look at these children in there yeah. oh, man. and then to see these kids look and be overjoyed because you, you gave them a piece of candy and they were able to tell them, you remember that God loves you. I mean, it's just, it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming yeah. for me. So... How about you guys? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. That, yeah, that, that was my... Um, so I found myself uh, on some of the long trips back just quiet because it was just weeping inside. I think about those kids. That's the emotion of Mozambique that left me. Like, I look at those kids and go, man, if it wasn't for people like Lietzen, that will lean into that. <laughs> Not just because of his goodwill or, or the, the good things that he's doing, but now because in the future that kid's going to be able to talk about Jesus and how Jesus impacted that story. Yeah, that, that just, yeah. <laughs> I keep seeing my kids in those faces, mm-hmm. right? Um, I keep seeing myself in that. Like, why do I get to have this opportunity to be here? Yep. But because of the message of the, the gospel to go, yeah. that changes everything. So, Richard, yeah. Richard, you're telling the story about the little kid we gave one piece of candy oh, to. Oh, man. So we, we just finished um, <laughs> spending some time with, with actually, there's a really great story there about um, the church serving us after we had finished preaching. And so we're getting back to our van, and then this kid walks out and, you know, 
Carl, Carl has this great idea where he gives candies to the kids. This kid gets his candy, he grabs it, and he's like, almost like, yes, yes. And then he takes off running and he runs right into this house. And as he's running into the house, you see just a couple other kids just running back out. And you it's this joy of, man, look at what yeah. I got. Look at what he gave me. And, yeah. and I'm sitting there, I turned across it. That's what it should look like when somebody hears the message of Jesus. Go tell me, look what I got. Look what I got. And I, I just, yeah, it, it's so much. It was so much that, you know, so, I think we're coming back. We all kept saying this. It is going to be so hard when our wives or, our, you know, somebody says, tell me about Mozambique to be able to give them a fair account of what that yeah. was like. So, yeah. 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 You really do have to be there to experience it. I mean, the, the school Carl's talking about, we're in there with all the kids. And I, I had to go outside for a minute because <laughs> I was just like, I was blowing up. Yeah. You see these faces, you just you want to put them in your suitcase and bring <laughs> yes, them all home yes. with you. I mean, you know, sweet, but they're... They're doing great, you know. They're yeah. they're, and you think then this guy's, he's impacting a generation of these kids. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's, it's a, it's an amazing thing to just consider the impact that he's having, that they're having there, and the people that are investing in that. And so, I mean, the other thing that's a part of that is, again, we, you know, when you talk about a church, you know, we have this image that pops in our head. But again, these places, mm. uh, a building is a is a is a block, you know, some block walls. No, they don't. They don't have windows. They don't have doors. A roof is some corrugated metal, and so one of the one of the ongoing consequences of that storm from a few years ago is a lot of these roofs, as Carl said, they're they're they found the scraps that blown away and stuck them and they're holding them down with rocks. And so, uh, helping put roofs just back on the church buildings, so that you can go to worship and not be rained on in the middle of it. Um, and that's a huge thing, um, putting a roof on a school. So one of the things that they do is they, they, they reach families through reaching the kids. Mm-hmm. So they gather these kids, they feed them, they, they teach them the gospel, they, they teach them to read and write and do all those things. And through that engagement, uh, they reach their parents. We got to stop and pray with one lady in, outside oh, of Shimura that... Um, because the because Monel and uh, Monera and Michelle had served their children, reached their children, reached mom, eventually reached dad. You know, reached that's that's a mission strategy. That's a that's a a good strategy yep. in that culture. So very effective. Just just a lot. So you talk about like the roofs, like in terms of like resources for people practically here. You know, when when. We have a very generous church. People uh, give generously, and so those. What What are some of the things that we see the the, the funds either that you were able to take mm-hmm. over and give or moving forward? What What are some of those opportunities that we, we see for people to to give towards or the money that's given that we get to, uh, you know, see put put in kind of God's hands and see used? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting because when we were there, we were able to give some money to a, a church and to a school to put a roof on. Those guys, we were there <laughs> just recently. They took pictures of the receipts of and showed us that they had spent it on that. And then every day have sent us pictures and showed us how they've gotten roofs on a church and a school within about 10 days. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How they had to extend one building and put a foundation. Now, when you again, when, when we say foundation... Yeah. Yeah, your yeah. foundation loosely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they'd extend the foundation to add on to this church and get a roof on it. And they're 
they're sending pictures and they're getting they're getting work done. And so it's been uh, just beautiful to see. Yeah. And they're they're sending messages and saying thank you to Clear Creek and you know thank you for the provision that God's given them to do this. So in, incredibly grateful people. Yeah. Well, and that, that, that's what I say. Like even further, like how is the you know you talk the roofs is is roofs some of the the greatest uh, opportunities or needs financially to see like man it it expands the the reach or the kingdom allows us to do things more effectively is it you know like when we were in uh in brazil it was you know yeah, we have this land and if we're able mm-hmm. to do this here we can reach this many more children that we're not able to reach because of this facility so to speak so yeah I, ted i think what what we have to do as as a church is there to support is not just say hey here's what we're going to do yeah and i think what happens is through the generosity of the people of Clear Creek, when we go over there, we're able to address needs. And, yeah. and the needs uh, are not static, they're dynamic. Mm-hmm. So they're changing. You know, Greg's talking about the, the, the storms that they had that tore the roofs off. Right. You know, there's a number of things uh, that can come up for, for these folks, and it can be roofs this time. It can be we need this, this church building over here. You know, we, we have the opportunity to go and plant this church in this new community. Yeah. And so it's it's... The opportunity to be agile in that yeah, that yeah. blesses those people. Yeah. And that's why I didn't know if there were specific things yeah. that it, ahead, beyond the roofs yeah. that yeah, you saw. Yeah, I mean, another one of the key opportunities, Carl's talking about gathering a cohort of pastors and teach people. So th- there's going to be, somebody's going to have to make some strategic decisions about about ongoing support. So how do you help on those guys eat while he's investing yep. time to yeah. do that? So there's a potential for something like that. Uh, if you these guys have a school, and one of the big draws to a school is you get a meal, mm-hmm. but that's you know you start feeding people all the time. There's a big awesome. ongoing expense there. So is that something that makes sense to partner with? And again, that's where we have to be flexible and yep. learn and sure. grow and yep. do all that stuff. But those are some of the kinds of things where we can be involved. And one other thing I'll say about this: Carl did a great job. Yes. Every time we engage people and we were going to share some resources over on site. He was always great about looking yep. me in the eye and saying, here's what you need to understand about this. This isn't us being nice guys. This is this is the product of the Clear Creek Community Church and the generosity of the people that are part of that church. They sent us here to yeah. to share this with you. You yeah. know, they this is from them. This right. is God's gift from, you know, through them to you. And it's not about us. It's about the yeah. great people in our church. And we just get to be the ones that get to be here to do it. And so uh, yeah. that was he just did a great job of that all the time. And, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. it was, and they appreciate it. They got it, and they appreciated it. Yeah. Well, again, I don't know what I don't know. Anything else before we wrap up? I, I feel like we, we, we got some cool stories, but anything else you'd like to share before you we know, close I, it out? The, I want to share. Maybe everybody can share a marker. Okay. I, I want to mm-hmm. share just kind of a marker for me. Not that I didn't already share a marker with the story yeah, about right. what they're doing with the children, but... There was a time uh, we had gone and we're going to have lunch mm. at a house. <laughs> and we go in and we're all sitting uh, in an enclosed area. It's probably 100 degrees and they're bringing food in. And we're eating goat and we're eating rice and we're eating a, 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 a kind of like a, a, a corn mash, if you will. Well, the goat was one of the pastors had slayed one of his goat for us to eat mm. for lunch. Another pastor who's a farmer had brought in rice from his farm for us to eat. Mm. 
And when we pulled up, there was a lady who was outside and there were these stones and some wood and she was just working, sitting here making this corn mash for us. And they came in, had bottled water for us. And one of them had said that uh, they wanted us to know also that uh, their church had taken an offering Uh. to provide the lunch for us as well. I'm like, my goodness. We're in this place where, where people have nothing. Yeah. And they're slaying their animals and they're, they're bringing food from their farms. They're taking an offering for these, these wealthy Americans yeah. who've come over here. It was just, yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was beautifully overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, I think I kept, uh, I keep going back. That was, a, that was a huge one for me as well. But another one was just the, uh, the incredible... Um, just resilience and trusting in God. I mean, just the different people that we met. I mean, talking about this hurricane that I just, or this cyclone that would call it that had come through yet, you know, stories of, I remember there's one pastor that was um, on the roof of the church for four days without food. And just, you know, I think he was like the head pastor for a region. And, you know, just how he had just faithfully continued in that. I mean, everybody had just, different stories like that. Like that. Uh, one story that Avian brought back and recently shared with, with our church was um, a, a certain family had gone through a time where they, they were just needing some help and they needed like something like um, eight cents, right? It was like- Yeah, five uh, mechakai. Five mechakai. And I think about how when I'm driving, I look at my cup holder. Yeah, I got quarters. Quarters, and just think about how incredibly blessed we are, yet sometimes we forget to, to move. And these folks are like doing all that they can just to, to love and serve God. And, yeah. you know, we, we sometimes kind of dare to say that we don't have enough or we could have this or we can have that. And just that we've been incredibly blessed. And yet, how are we using that, you know, to yeah. serve in God's kingdom? So it just left a mark on me in so many different ways. I think I came back to my, my wife and I said, I don't think I came back the same person anymore. Um, and, and before we left out, I said, oh, I think I'm a pretty given going person. I'm like, oh, no. This is a lot more. I was like, yeah, I think I got, I got a whole lot more to give. Yeah. I got a whole lot more to go. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. The whole thing for me. But I guess I would say um, just meeting the people there that are on the ground, that are some of them, the Mozambicans and some of the Brazilians that are serving with the way they serve and and um, leading the churches they lead. Um, when I was on the plane on the way back, I was just trying to scribble mm-hmm. as much of the stuff as I could scribble down, but you know, because you, you leak pretty fast. And uh, I wrote that when I got off the plane the first time in Barra, you know, you get out mm-hmm. of the plane, there's a rundown little airport, mm-hmm. rundown scrubby looking fields, rundown town, rundown, just not, doesn't look welcoming at all. You know, you just like, it doesn't make the greatest first impression. <laughs> you know, it's a little, a little not intimidating, but just not just just not a comfortable place to walk into. Uh, and then when I left, I'm thinking, I have friends here. Yeah. This is a different it's place good. for me now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to come back. Because yeah. I want to see these people. I want to pray with them. Yeah. I want to try to help them do what they're doing. Um, and so it's it just changes your whole perspective about yeah. not just uh, about the place and about the people that are there, and so sure. uh, that's why that's one reason why if, if you get an opportunity to go to any of these places, yeah, uh, you should go, yeah, um, mm. for sure. 
Well, I know it's, it sounds weird a little bit, but I, I'm grateful for your guys' efforts and going. It sounds exciting. I'm hopeful for what God's doing uh, in Mozambique. I, I'd actually like, Richard, would you mind uh, voicing a prayer over yeah. the, the the church in Mozambique, maybe some of the, the efforts that you guys saw and left? Yes. Just, Let's yeah. do that. Great idea. Well, Heavenly Father, I sit here with my brothers and we just all talk about the great work that you have done in a place like Mozambique. Lord, I think about when scripture says that the message will, will go from Judea to the ends of the earth. And I look at Mozambique and I see the people there and I see faces. Like Greg said, friends. Lord, people that will leave their homes in their comforts of Brazil or United States or different places. And Lord, to go to be an impact, to bring the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would be continually doing that work. That today, just even in, as, as, as we sit and pray that somebody is hearing about your gospel for the first time, Lord, that they are just navigating through just the difficulties of life and understanding that there is a God that says he loves them. Lord, I pray for just the pastors that are there. The Lord, between the difficulties of, of uh, just uh, uh, the financial strife and difficulties there, I pray that they would be able to find ways um, through your, your generosity, Lord through people like um, Monera and Michelle, through people like um, Jay and Igor, through people like the people of Clay Creek Community Church that would um, give us the opportunity to go there to, to love on these folks. Lord, we know that we are all a global church, your people, Lord. Lord I pray that the hope of the gospel will always be so bright over there. Yes. Lord, I pray that the people that are there would, would hear your message internal. And I pray that those kids that we saw will have a future that they can tell about that day that uh, not us, but the gospel came to them through some uh, men that may have come from the United States or from Brazil. Lord, I pray that this work that is being done there in the next year, in the next months coming up would, would see so much fruition, that there will be so much growth in, in the people that will come to know you there, that when we go, we will have even greater stories to tell, not because we are great, but because you, God, are great. Lord, I'm thankful for being able to personally, being able to sit with Carl and Greg and Eagle and, and Jay to be able to learn from them, to see how they, in their generosity, love these folks. And Lord, I pray that, that anybody that's even watching this podcast, the Lord, you will start doing something in their hearts, mm-hmm. to stare their hearts for, for global missions. Lord, that they would bring their hands and feet to serve. Lord, wherever it is that you will call them. Lord, thank you for this time to be able to, to just share um, this good news that you are doing in our lives and in the lives of those that are in Mozambique and even in Brazil. Lord, we thank you for what you have done and it's because of your work on the cross that allows us to be uh, able to share this good news. So we thank you for this time together and it's your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Well, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Ted. It was a good trip. Super good. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.